0: You were raised in church and like Sunday night was like a have to, not a right? Y'all are the real Pentecostals in the room. Because I can remember as a little girl, like my mom brought Sunday nights, they didn't have kids' church, right? So you had like coloring books and crayons, and when we acted up, we got like the back of the arm pinch. Y'all remember that? Back of the arm pinch? She'd be like, I said, knock it up. <laughs> We do have kids church, by the way. So just so you know, Sunday night kids church. Um, but I I am, I was not planning on sharing tonight. Some of you know, I was, sh- I shared last week, but this week was supposed to be Richie and he was supposed to be giving us the word of the year. This is like what we anticipate our word of the year. And he comes home Friday and he's like, babe, I'm so sick. And I'm like, of course you are. Cause we're fasting. All of those who fasted last year and broke bones and arms and legs and all the other things will attest. For some reason, the enemy hates it when we fast, especially in this church. And I have no idea why. Probably because he knows y'all are built for it and you're like, broken leg, I'm still going. So um, he's trying to stop us, but he can't. So can't stop, won't stop. So um, so anyway, so he is not speaking tonight. I am speaking tonight. And when he immediately said, I don't feel good, I was like, oh, he's going to ask me. Immediately, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't speak. I already spoke last week. I don't know what to say. And he goes, you got it, right? And I was like, we do Hard things. That's what we do. So I can't say no. That's like our motto. So I was like, yes. Of course I have it. Duh. You know? And then immediately ran up to the room and I was like, Lord, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And he said, I already gave it to you. I was like, what? And then all of a sudden, this word that I have been studying for the last two weeks popped into my head and popped into my thoughts. And I thought, Really? That's what you want me to talk about? That was just like between you and me. That was like a secret thing between you and me. Like, I don't want to share that with other people. And I just felt like the Lord was like, yes, this is what I want you to share. And so you have these little handy dandy papers in front of you. That I uh, printed out. Yes, they're girly, guys. I apologize. I'm so sorry. They are girly. Um, it is from a company. Uh, Toby, I think I shared with it, shared you with, shared this with you. Um, Toby bought me one of my favorite gifts that I've ever gotten. She got me this verse mapping journal. And basically you put in the verse and then it gives you all these little cool things that you can do to really dissect the verse and really dive into the verse. And as I was doing this, the Lord brought a word into my thoughts. And it really just kind of like, you know, have you ever taken a rock and like thrown it in a pond and it just kind of ripples out from there? It was one of those words where it was like, it hit me, but it wasn't until like I was going Later on in the day, and I was like, oh. What does that word actually mean? And so then I started really verse mapping and word mapping, and I want to kind of dive into a little bit of what it looks like when we really study the Word of God. I know this is a little different than what we normally do. You know, we always want somebody to come up here and shout us down and speak in tongues and people fall out and kick something out, you know, but we got to get to the practical if we're going to get to the spiritual, because what happens is we bypass the practical and then we can't sustain in normal life. And so what happens is we have all these Christians running around and like Shundai and like, you know, kicking the devil, but we can't pay our bills. So we we have to do a better job of like putting into practice what it looks like to sit in the presence of the Lord and then be obedient to what He's asked us to do. So I'm hoping that tonight that's what comes about. And I'm gonna show you a little bit about how I've taken this tool and resource that someone else gave to me and that it's really revolutionized the way that I study the word of God. And I'm so excited about it. I really am excited about sharing this with you. But if you don't mind, will you throw up our word or our verse? Um, And it comes from Psalms 55, 22. And it says this, Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will succeed you he will never permit the righteous to be moved Psalm 5522 and I just started basically what I did and you can kind of follow along in your little word map thing here what I did is I just you know did a word search on this word and this is what it means in the English language it means to strengthen or support physically or mentally. I love that I want to be sustained physically and mentally. It means to undergo or suffer. Hmm, I don't really like that, Lord, so we're just going to skip over that part. And then cause to continue or be prolonged for an extended period of time without interruption. I like that. And then uphold, affirm, or confirm the justice or validity of. And what happens is the next thing that you do when you're kind of studying, so you've defined the word, you understand a little bit deeper understanding of this word sustain. What Lord are you asking me in this moment? And when I break it down into the original, what are you saying to your people? Because the same thing that he said to David is the same thing that he says to us today through his spirit. It might apply a little differently in your heart and in your life, but it doesn't mean that the word changes because the Bible says the word does not change and that it sustains us. There's that word. So, here in the Hebrew, this word is K U L. It's actually pronounced cool, which I love. It's pronounced cool. And when you, when you kind of look into this, there's what we call the lexicons. So the lexicons are, I know I'm getting into a little bit too much Bible, you know, Bible business today. But the lexicon of that is the actual intention of what that word means. The actual intention. So we can say like, oh yeah, it, he sustains me. But what does that mean? When God spoke those words, what did he mean? And this is what it means. To keep in To endure, to bear, to hold, to be present. I love that. To maintain, to abide or guide, and then to provide. This term provide was used more often in the Bible when God was saying this word specifically to his people. And this word sustain or provide was used six times, six times in different forms, but six times. And I was thinking about this as we are fasting right now. Some of you are fasting. Some of you are like, oh, crap, I forgot we were fasting. Um, But we are in in the middle of a fast. And one of the things that we do in a fast is that we set aside something that we would normally do. And we set aside that time for the Lord. So it's not a matter of, you know, us, you know, just whatever, going on a diet. We talked, Pastor Josh talked about this this morning at Mission City. He said, you're not going on a diet. This is not the point of a fast. A fast is that I am saying, hey, God, instead of this, I'm going to spend time in your word. So instead of me focusing on myself during this time or feeding myself, or instead of me, you know, scrolling social media or doing something else, playing a video game, doing something like that. I'm actually going to be in your word, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to grow from you. It's in those moments when we deny our flesh. Some of you don't think that you're addicted to social media, but you are addicted to social media. It gives you an immediate dopamine hit, an immediate dopamine hit. Oh, what's going on with so-and-so? I love that right? The moment that we set that time aside and that we focus on the Lord and we consecrate ourselves to him and we say, okay, Lord, I don't want to hear what they have to say. I want to hear what you have to say right now. In those moments, he meets you right there. He meets you right there. We, we sometimes in the body of Christ, we get into this habit of like, we, we go, 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 go. And we do a lot of things for the Lord. And we forget that it's not that we, we, we're not trying to, you know, neglect him or neglect his presence, but we get so busy focused on being that we forget that God has called us to just be in his presence, to just sit in his presence because it's there that you find fullness of joy. It's in that moment right there where I'm like, and let me just tell myself this week, I was driving in the car and, and, you know, really dissecting this word sustain and Lord, you're my sustainer and all of these kind of things. Right. And I'm, and I'm just, but this week has been horrendous, like a horrendous, horrendous week. And I'm just going, 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 going. I'm still getting up and spending time with the Lord, but I don't understand why God, if I'm spending time in your word, why do I still feel so depleted at the end of the day? Why do I still feel so weary at the end of the day? Why am I giving you my time in the morning But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I'm sitting in his presence, when I'm in his his presence and I'm hearing from him, am I talking so much that he can't speak to me? Am I writing so much like, Lord, thank you for this and I pray for this and I pray for that, that I don't stop long enough to just be? What if I carried on a conversation with Sharon like that? And I was like, hey, Sharon, let me tell you all of these things going on in my life and I got all these prayer requests. Okay, I love you, goodbye. (laughs) What happens if Sharon was like, had what I needed in that moment? But I'm not quiet enough to hear what Sharon has to say in that moment and we do this with the Lord. We do this with our quiet time with him. We wanna, you know, give him our laundry list and then we're upset. When Friday comes and we're so weary and so tired and so worn out, it's because we really haven't been filled up. Friday, on my drive to Tampa, I was like, okay, i'm 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 gonna listen to the rest of my book because I had to listen to that. I haven't done that this week. I'm gonna listen to my book. And then all of a sudden I just was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to listen to worship on the way to Tampa, right? So I just turned on worship. I I text Richie, and I was like, 10 out of 10 recommend you just get in the presence of God this week. I didn't know he was sick, but 10 out of 10 recommend you just get into the presence of God this week and just let him wash over you, because I didn't realize that my soul was so dry and so weary until I started crying, and I was like, why am I crying? Oh my God, why am I crying? I can't even drive. But we forget just because we've done our duty, we've checked it off of the list, does not mean that we've had quality time with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that can satisfy and nurture and replenish your soul. And that's the hard part about, you know, Christians who who are Christian in name only, and we've talked about this a lot. It's sad, and we want more for them, and I want more for you. If you're hearing me today and you're like, yeah, I do all the things, and that's great it's wonderful, and we're glad that you do, but what we want more than anything for you is that you have a relationship with the creator of the universe who died for you, for you. He wants a relationship with you. Yeah. We don't know the lengths that he went to just to have a relationship with you so he could call Toby his friend. Right. We don't know the lengths that he would go to. We read about it, but I think it'll take the rest of eternity for us to really understand. And I don't even think we really will. What it looks like to sacrifice your child so that people who may never have a relationship with you. What kind of God does that? And he wants to spend time with just you every day. And I love that. And this, as I, as I really just dove into this word sustaining, I just kept hearing it over and over again. I want to sustain you. Sustain you. What does that mean? If you look down a little bit further on your paper, it says, what's the first mention of this word sustain? Because in, in, for the writer of this um, little tool, he says, we want to see it in the seed form. In the Word of God, I love how He said that. But you want to see it in the seed form. When the first time we the Lord mentions a, a word in the Bible, it's the seed form of that, and it's in Genesis forty-five and eleven. And Joseph tells his brothers, "You sold me into slavery, and you thought that you were doing it just because you didn't like me." And Joseph tells his brothers in that moment, but it was actually God who orchestrated my life in such a way. And he did it so that I could take care of, sustain you. And here I see Joseph with this moment of him feeling like he could get revenge. He has all the power. He has all the authority in that moment to exact revenge. But he says, God actually orchestrated my steps. And I'm not upset at you for hurting me or harming me or causing me trauma or causing me a burden in my life because really it was God who orchestrated my life up to this point so that I could help you live Church, are we there? Are, am I in the place where I can say, I don't care what kind of trauma this person caused in my life. I don't care what kind of hurt or inflicted injury in my soul. Can I stand before that person and say, I know that what you intended was for harm, but God intended it for good because in this moment, he's actually going to save your soul. Yeah. What would it look like if we as a body of Christ lived like that instead of living like I'm going to get even? I'm going to withhold my love. We see this a lot. We see this a lot. Stonewalling. I'm not going to give you what you need emotionally, kid, because you haven't, you know, loved mommy the way I deserve. You haven't, you know, served this family well. You haven't honored me as a parent. So I'm going to stonewall you. What if the one thing the Lord is asking you to do in 2024 for your child that has walked away, maybe harmed you, is that you pursue them like he pursued you? What would that look like for your child? What would that look like for a family member? What would that look like for the body of Christ if we lived in such a way that we ran after the heart of people so that they could know the heart of God? Sometimes we have to apply boundaries, of course. in In those moments, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to because you don't want to be hurt over and over again for no reason. But there are times when he will call you, hey, I need you. And I don't have anybody else but you that I can trust with this. Are we the people that say, yes, Lord, send me? Yeah. Or are we the people that say, that is where I draw the line. Mm-hmm. The Lord, I was having a great relationship with him up to a certain point, And then he asked me to do something really hard. And I was like, God, I'm out. Right. Because that's too much. That burden is too heavy. I can't carry it. But it's crazy because he says, I am your sustainer. And I am going to help you hold that burden. And I'm going to help you hold that yoke. And I'm going to come up under it with you and I'm going to be so present that you're going to feel like you're carrying it, but really I'm carrying you and I'm carrying that thing. That's really what he wants you to see in those moments. The last place that we see this verse mentioned in the entire Bible, this this word sustain, the KUL version of this word The very last place is in Malachi chapter three and it's verse two. And I think this is so funny because he only uses this word in the old Testament. There's not like a Greek version of this word. It's just in the old Testament, Genesis all the way to Malachi. And then from there we see that, that there's Jesus after that, that's Matthew. So the very last place this word is mentioned is Malachi chapter two. And I want to read this because it's such a powerful verse of the Bible, a couple of verses of the Bible. And it says, but who will be able to endure it when he comes? And that word endure is the KUL word. Who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offering brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. What I think is so beautiful about this is he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. And what I love is as we flip the next chapter of the Bible, it's Matthew and that is Jesus. There were 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. 400 years went by, but 400 years passes. And then we see all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene. And what I love is it's like KUL doesn't really need to be in an acceptance anymore because actually we can go right to the sustainer. We can have access right to the sustainer of our life. And I don't have to worry about anymore. Am I going to bring an acceptable sacrifice? Is, is Am I going to do enough good deeds to where I can be pleasing to the Lord? What I know is this, that the actual sustainer of the universe lives inside of me. And so those moments where I'm like, I'm not good enough. He's like, I know, baby, but I got you because I already did it on the cross. I already did it. So I don't have to worry about, is someone going to sustain me? Am I going to have enough? Am I going to have more than enough? I know that with God inside of me, I am already enough. I don't have to ask that question. One of the big things that kept coming up for me personally when I did the uh, shadow, when we did the... um, Um, emotionally healthy. Thank you, Lord. This is like a foundation book in our church. I can't remember (laughs) it. When I did emotionally healthy and I started working through the shadow part of my life, what I saw was that constantly over and over and over again, what I heard in my head was, you're not enough. You're not enough. In every area of my life where I was like, this is what God has for me. And then I would go backwards because I would be like, no, I can't. I'm not enough to do that. There's just, no way. I, I personally can't do that. I, I wonder how often we live in the body of Christ with this mentality of, I'm not enough. I can't do it. I can't build it. I can't sustain it. And God's saying to us in 2024, you don't have to sustain it. I'm your great sustainer. Yeah. He's our sustainer. And so I hope this helped you a little bit. And I, I want to see that maybe just, just take this, take this diagram, study it a little bit, work through it a little bit. See how God ministers to you in those moments as well. But I have three questions before we leave. The first question is this. Do you know God as your sustainer? Do you know God as your sustainer? Do you know him as being present? Do you know him as the one that upholds you and upholds you and lifts you up and stays with you? Do you know him as that? Or do you not know him as that? I want want you to really dive into that question this week. The second question is this. How would truly knowing this change the way you lived? If God was your sustainer, how would it change the way you live? Would there be a difference? If you really sat with the Lord and you asked him, Lord, will you reveal to me what you want me to see through this word? You as my sustainer. How would it change me? How would it cause me to live differently? And the third question kind of goes in line with that. How will living out this belief cause those around you to be challenged? Because in those moments, when we live different than the world, when the world is like, oh my gosh, everything's too expensive, everything's falling apart, blah, 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 blah. We heard Toby today say, you know, I actually felt like the Lord wasn't just challenging me to give, but also to save. And in her testimony, she talks about how I, I, I can't give and save and pay my bills. God, it doesn't work that way. And not only did God come through for her, you have to hear this team rally. It's insane. Wait till it goes up on Facebook. But it was crazy how he provided for her and not only provided, but provided protection around her finances. He sustains us. He keeps us. In those moments where we feel like, I can't, God, there's no way. Like you're asking something of me that I'm not able to give to you. And he said, try me in it. Yeah try me in it, test me, see how faithful I will be to you. Because the truth is this, he's never left us. He's never forsaken us. And those moments where we feel like our life has been crap up to a certain point. And, you know, I finally got it all together and figured it all out. And now I'm moving in a different direction because I'm, you know, I got my life together. But what's the reality? The reality is that moment where we look at our life and where we say, this isn't working. This isn't working. But I know the person who can work it all out for my good. When we do that and we live like that, it changes the perspective of the people around us. It changes the perspective of the world around us because all of a sudden you're not just living, you're actually thriving. How are you doing that? are you upset because everything costs so much money? Oh yeah, it costs more money, but God has been so faithful to me. How does it challenge others to live differently? Do people, Nana, Nana says this all the time, and this is her prayer, and this is her prayer in 2024. I pray that who I am and that who lives inside of me speak so loudly that I don't have to say a word. That's her prayer. And she, this is amazing. And this is why we need the full body of Christ. That's every single person, babies all the way to grannies. We need it all. And this is why. Because in that moment, my two girls heard my nana say, God has been my sustainer in every season and that he will continue to sustain. Come death, come life, whatever comes, we need that. We need our kids around people who who have gone through hardship and difficulty, but on the other side of that, they can still have joy in the midst of trial and circumstance. Why? Because your life has always been easy, Nana? No because Jesus has always sustained me, always. And those of you in this room who are carrying heavy burdens, who feel weighed down, who feel like up to this point, Misty, my life feels like it has not made much sense. And I feel like I've walked through seasons of hurt and disappointment And difficulty. And what I want to say right now is that your life was created for a purpose, on purpose. And that God has allowed all of these things to happen because there are people that only you can minister to. There are people that only you can speak to. And I know that that sounds harsh. And that's why would God allow me? The truth is this, life is hard, period. Life is hard, period. It doesn't matter if you're saved. It doesn't matter if you're not saved. It doesn't matter if you're kind of saved. Life is hard. But if we're gonna say on the other side of it that God has always been my sustainer, then we're gonna have to live in such a way that we honor him with who we are, with every aspect of who we are, that we're not gonna allow the hardship and the things that come into our life to deter us from doing what God has called us to do because ultimately he's called you to live. He's called you to live and he's called you to freedom, freedom, Not bondage, not shackled to another person's emotional state, not shackled to another situation, not shackled shackled to a drug or to addiction or to any of those things. He died for your freedom, complete freedom. And in that moment, he gives you a choice every single day, every single day. I was telling this to my mom today. Mom, it was, it's crazy when you think about that God put the tree of knowledge and evil in the center of the garden, in the center of it. He didn't put it far tucked away, put a fence around it and barbed wire and electrical fence around it. He didn't do any of that. He put it right in the center of what he created for them because every single time they walked past the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they said no, it was them saying yes to him. There are things in your life that are going to come up in 2024, and they're going to be past hurts. They're going to be past addictions. They're going to be things that you clung on to in the past to give you emotional support and security. And every time you walk past that and you walk right to the arms of Jesus, you are saying no to that, and you are saying yes to your freedom. 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 That's what he's called you to. And that's what I want to see us as a body, not just in this church, but the capital B body of Christ. I want to see us walk in complete freedom and saying, no, I used to do that, but that's not who I am anymore. I I used to engage in that, but I don't anymore because that just led me down a path I didn't want to go in. He died for your freedom and Every single morning that you spend time in his presence and that you're intimate with him and that he speaks truth to you, he gives you exactly what you need for that day so that there should be no question in your mind, why did that come up in my, oh, I know exactly why that that situation came up today because God already gave me grace for it. He knew it was gonna happen and now I know how to overcome it by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. He gave me the instruction for this situation today today. And when we live like that, we will soar and not just soar. We will see God do exponential things through us. And we will see thousands of people come to know Christ because you live differently. It challenges the status quo. It challenges people who are like just living their life. I'm just living to die. We're living to live. We are living to live. That is the purpose of life here on the earth. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm grateful for this moment. God, I'm grateful for this time with you. Lord, where you speak truth to us. Lord, where you've allowed us to dissect your word, to get into your word. Lord, I pray that every single person in this room would understand you as their sustainer. God, that you don't wanna just be with us in the mornings. Lord, you don't just wanna hear us pray over lunch and dinner. God, you want to communicate with us daily, hourly, minutes, every minute of the day. Lord, I thank you that you have something so special for each person in this room. I thank you for 2024, Lord, for resurrecting dreams, Father God, that people had, Lord, that they thought that were, there's no way that that can be accomplished. Lord, I thank you that through your word, spending time in your word, Lord, as they learn more about who you are, God, I think that you're resurrecting those things, Lord, you're bringing things back to our remembrance, things that were prophesied over us. Father God, as we were children, Lord, I thank you that you're bringing those things to to pass. God, I thank you for families in 2024. God, we come against every assignment of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. We thank you that you have given us life and life to the full. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that in 2024, families are gonna be bound so tight together, Father God. They're gonna walk in wholeness and unity, Lord. I thank you that the rest of the world may be divorcing and getting divorced, Father God, but I thank you that husbands are coming back home. I thank you, God, that men are gonna lead their families. I thank you that in 2024, the enemy is not gonna have an occasion to come in. God, I thank you for praying families, for praying mamas, for praying kids, Father God, who are getting on their knees for their families. Father God, we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for a hedge of protection around people, around your people, Father God. Lord, I thank you that as times get tougher, Lord, I thank you that you have given us the suit of armor. You've covered us, Father God, so that we can go out and do exactly what you've called us to be. Lord, don't let us live in fear, Father God. I thank you that you're shaking off fear and that you're helping us move into just complete victory in you, Father God. I thank you for that. Lord, if there are people in this room tonight, God, that don't understand what it means to have a relationship with you, I pray, Lord, that tonight they would go home and just ask you, will you show me who you are? In those moments, God, will you be with them? Will you meet them exactly where they are? Will you tell them how much you love them? Will you show them all the ways, Father God, that you've chased their heart and that you've run after their heart? that you've orchestrated situations just for them. We thank you for that, God. Lord, as we take up communion today, God, as we open up the elements, Father God, Lord, the Bible talks about your body being broken, that you were broken for us. The first thing that you had to do was you had to be born so that you could die. Lord, you had to say yes. And you had to submit yourself to people that you created so that you could have perfect relationship with us. God, today I ask that we would not cheapen the sacrifice that you made. Lord, that we would remember, Father God, those moments where we're tempted to sin, where we're tempted to give in to things, that we would remember the stripes that you bore, that we would remember the way you rescued us, that you saved us, just so you could show us how much you loved us. So today, as we break the spread and we take it, Father, we honor you and your sacrifice we thank you for your blood that was shed on Calvary for us, your blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. Lord, the only way that we are pure is through the blood of Jesus. We can't work for it. We can't do anything to earn it. It is through the blood of Jesus. And so we appropriate your sacrifice to our life. We thank you that we are not righteous There is nothing about us that's righteous, but it is through the sacrifice of your Son that we're able to be seen as pure and to have right relationship with you. So as we take this cup, we honor you and your sacrifice, Jesus.